everybody welcome back to the collective we have another really awesome show as uh we have so far every day for the last 29 days it is 29 today the 30th for you though john right it's the 30th yeah so he's from the future in case you guys didn't know yeah that. if you need to know anything lottery numbers just let me know <laughs> perfect um so yeah we're you guys want to dive into it or do we have any thoughts or questions right off the bat off the hop anybody got any yeah, I'd like to ask in. John, since he's in the future, uh, what Absolutely. his thoughts on uh, how well this podcast went. Did it go mm. well, John? Honestly, it went so well. People loved it. I, I kind of expected <laughs> that it would. There's a lot of diversity. Um, yeah, it landed. Yeah, Sweet. I love that. Big traction. Ooh, I got I got a question right off the bat, right from the uh, from the interwebs. You guys want to jump? Let's jump into this. Oh, and yeah, then we do can, it. Uh, We'll get to topics later, but so Chris asks, is it possible for a younger person, 21 and under, to fully mature without social interaction with other kids? That's a in-depth, in-depth question. I, right off the bat, I would say no. Any other thoughts? <laughs> My opinion is no, but I'm interested in other opinions. There you go. Anybody got an uh, additional question on that? My opinion would be no as well. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming this is for Chris's, he's got a kid maybe. Or maybe. I don't know. Do we have contact with Chris? No, not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, I, I can't, I think human connection is probably the most critical thing for developing. Yeah. You know, without that, you, you're not getting any sort of feedback from the environment. Your, your personality is not really going to develop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and you know, where things are going a little sideways perhaps nowadays, <clears throat> is uh, the expectation that a kid can fully mature uh, uh, through only social interaction digitally. Mm. And so a lot of kids are forming their sense of the world around them, their sense of who they are, their sense of how to interact with human beings without actually interacting with human beings. They're, mm. at, they're interacting with digital beings uh, and and I think that uh, it's a different level of uh, social interaction nowadays, and it's a different level of not mature uh, versus, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, uh, it looks like we do have a little bit more context on this. Uh, Chris says, I'm trying to get my nephews to go out, but uh, yeah, no, that mm -hmm. makes sense. I would suggest take them out, you know, and lead from the front. Be, be the example you want. If you want your kids to be going out and doing stuff, you need to be going out and doing stuff either with them or make sure so that they can see you doing stuff. I think that would be the key on that. Any thoughts? Yeah. Also, uh, you know, maybe Chris is, let's, let's pretend, I don't know, as a thought experiment, mm -hmm. let's pretend he's super freaking busy, mm -hmm. like so busy that he actually can't lead by example. So what's he left with now? Well, he can redirect to his nephews to um, a, a social media influence if that's their their primary sense of social interaction um, get them to start following cool people who mm. do get out and get after it like John as an example you know I I'm, I'm not sure what John has in his social media feed whatever social medias he's on but I'm sure that he's doing good things that are inspiring and i would easily redirect someone from uh you know some sort of goofy social media feed to a righteous social media feed that's inspiring uh i think that again if chris is too busy to lead from the front 
redirect, uh, set that bearing for the nephews so that they are now following someone who is leading from the front. That's a great point. Yeah. Corey, any thoughts on any of that? Been all well, quiet when all I first read it, I just immediately translated to social media interaction. But mm. um, I guess, for an example, today we got the kids out to go visit the neighbor who's been helping with the driveway. We're in a small little town and we're new to the town and we have some really great neighbors. But uh, I uh, made something for the neighbor and gave him a little Tim's card. I was going to do it by myself, but I thought it'd be a good example to bring the kids out to talk to the, the person that does their snow removal. And they didn't want to go at first. They were on their devices. So I just made the decision to shut everything down and disconnect and get them outside. And that uh, I think it's really crucial and important for their development and just engagement. I don't think you can replace the in-person interaction. There certainly is a lot of benefits to social interaction online, but the in-person is really, I think, where you get the maximum benefit and just getting them out there, getting the system shocked out in the cold and then getting back into the warm of another neighbor's house. That's kind of important. And it's about connections like we do online here and we, reach out to help others and uh, for those that are developing young young adults and teenagers and kids, it's really crucial as well. Whether it be on the mats, something uh, through sports and athletics is it's really, it's more than just a, a skill they're learning. It's the interaction, learning that uh, not everybody is a winner. You know, you have to be a graceful loser sometimes on the mats or playing your sports, mm -hmm. but there's so many lessons I don't think can be really taught when they're by themselves. So I would say do whatever you can to get them out. If it's not yourself, uh, you know, it's uh, if it's a relative, convince them the investment of getting them disconnected and right out there in person doing whatever it is that uh, they're learning a skill or just even community service. The, it used to be everyone went to church on Sundays, but at least something to get out there and help and interact with perhaps those less unfortunate or less fortunate and helping them out and just getting to know, you know, your community, your neighbors. It's really important to connect. Yeah. Nice community, work, buddy. Right? Nice yeah. work. And I should uh, add this uh, in my comment about, you know, uh, get his nephews to follow someone who is inspiring in some way. What I meant was inspiring them to get out. <laughs> so like if they followed me, pretty sure yeah. they'd be looking to buy a fat tire bike yeah. or starting BJJ or looking to kick ass. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's not follow me cause I've got good fashion sense. I mean, look at me. Uh, I mean, follow, follow <laughs> me to, to get out and get after it and, and do it with other folks. So I, yeah. that was my point that I put across poorly. No, I, I thought I, it was great. No. Yeah. I thought it was a great point. The, um, I was going to, just to add to that was that it both of you guys it's about building community right and, sure. and as you build a network as you build that community one of the things my uh, i have the new place we just moved into my neighbor uh, has late stage parkinson's and he just had to move into a um uh, like a care home and without really thought my wife and i we just started shoveling his uh sidewalk when we shovel ours because it He's our neighbor and he can't, he's not here to do it. So we just do it. And 
we bring the boys out and they grumble about it and they, you know, oh, I don't want to go shoveling, but we get them outside and they start shoveling for five or 10 minutes and then they grab their sled and they start sliding down the hill that we made with all the snow from both people's uh, driveways. And they say hi to the neighbors and they get to interact with the people around them, which is so much better than them just sitting inside on their tablet. Even if they were talking to well, the anything cool. is. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I got a yeah. question for you, John, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, go for it. So up here in Canada, uh, up here in Canada, <laughs> here in Canada, um, way, we, up. We're, yeah, way up here in Canada, we're, as I see it, we're, you know, we're trying to start this um, thing called the collective and we're trying to focus more on positivity. We're trying to focus more on uh, uh, creating a community, a uh, a sense uh, of uh, purpose where people can gather in a sense digitally. Um, and I'm still new to this. You know, maybe there's lots of other uh, organizations or, or groups or teams or whatever across Canada that are doing it just like this, but better. I don't know. I haven't bumped into them yet, but we're just trying to make an effort to gather people together in a more universal approach. I'm not talking about Corey as an example. Corey has his, he's got a crew that follow him and he's got a bunch of things on the go where he's managed to col collect like-minded people to do like-minded things. And, and that's amazing. I'm a big fan of Corey, obviously. But what hey, we're I trying to do over here. Day. It was great. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, buddy. It's the easy to video. do. Um, <laughs> You know, the the idea being that we're we're trying to just be way more universally approachable uh, in order to keep things positive. So it's kind of new to me to be doing this. I'm curious as to how it is in your part of the world in the sense of gathering people together in a positive forward uh, looking approach and and how that's being. Is, is it is it a big thing down there? Is it a new thing down there? I'm curious. Do you mean digitally or just in yeah digitally yeah digitally uh it is and you know the last three years has really highlighted the importance of connection because mm. down here we had some really gnarly lockdowns in right. melbourne where there were curfews there were drones flying around you know making sure people were indoors so some people lived in their apartment they were allowed out for an hour a day between certain hours for over over 12 months straight like it was right. horrible hard so yeah so the online space definitely opened up but even that like human beings we need to be near each other not just digitally and so we had a we had a massive outflux of people from melbourne and victoria up to like where i am we barely even knew what was happening they, they had some mandates and things but we're very relaxed gold coast is very relaxed it's a beach town you know nobody wore any masks or anything um and we had an influx of people move here because they wanted they wanted like real connection right. um and we've got a record amount of people buying land away from the cities because they just want and, and not for themselves necessarily but for communities to go to so there's definitely a lot of people that are feeling the online connection and it's 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 not the same but there's a lot of people that have done what you're doing um and it it, it sort of 
I have found over the last three years, because I had to do the same, my, my work was in-person events and retreats. Right. I went all online and uh, it's like a part of my soul was dying doing it online. Um, so it, it provided people with great information and a place to come and feel, they did feel f- supported, which was amazing. Like they weren't alone, but eventually it was like, not just me, but we just need to be around each other. Like we just need to to fucking have someone to hug or someone to talk to mm. in person and, and have a cup of tea with, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree, but not too much milk in my tea. I don't care for milk in my tea. It's oh, just, we can do black tea. Tasteful. Black tea all the way. Uh, yeah, that's it's a very good point. You know, we are naturally gregarious as a species. Like we we need to have social interaction in general to maintain a a even a level, um, a baseline of of mental health. We have to have people around us, and when we don't, and we're in that little uh, that negative spiral, it can get out of hand very quickly, which is I, those, one of the reasons why we got this whole thing started was the fact that we wanted to, like uh, Sean was saying, give a, a place of positivity, right? Mm-hmm. Where people can just in, go in and be like, all right, then, you know, the world isn't so bad because <laughs> depending on what you look at on your social media or on your news channels or whatever it is, it, it can get negative pretty fast. So it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a really yeah, important. Yeah, it can. And, and you know, uh, one thing that that for sure I'm not, I'm not Mr. Positivity. I mean, I'm not like rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, kumbaya at the campfire. Just, just ain't me. I'm not like, uh, I've never been that guy and I'm not that guy now, but I do like to keep things positive, but positivity to me means something different than to other people. I don't like positivity. That's just all fireworks and unicorns and rainbows. That's just not me. But I, there's a difference between keeping it positive and just being a jerk, mm. you know, being super negative. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't feel, I feel authentic when I'm being positive, but my sense of positivity is not like mega rah, rah, sis, boom, bomb. It's just mm. a little sis, boom, bomb. <laughs> just a, one of the small fireworks, right? Like a little yeah, firecracker. Just a tiny little, <laughs> just a little pop, maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, any any thoughts? Any final thoughts on that before we move on to the next topic of discussion? I just wanted to. Oh, you go, Corey. Well, I was just going to ask, go, echo what uh, Sean had stated: the whole like in your face over positivity thing. Um, certainly isn't my style. And if you look at the social media, it's more like a subtle kind of influence of positivity. But uh, we do have some members that are really positive, and I enjoy that. It, Makes my little black heart beat a little bit more. Not <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it reinvigorates. I think it's really key to have those people on your team too. Like it is easy also to burn out. It's key to avoid doing that. We certainly, uh, I think the way we're all wired, certainly our type of folks that have been in combat, veterans, it's try to take on as much as we can without looking after ourselves or even considering ourselves sometimes. So it's a warning to others, you know, just to consider taking time for yourself to look after yourself and each other. And uh, I've been talking to people, a few friends of mine, I guess the, it's a complete side note here, but to reach out to those you haven't talked in a while, there are those that uh, may not be doing as well as you think. And it's just shocking sometimes to know where people are at sometimes and you actually touch basis, how, how far they've, uh, 
straw they've kind of just strayed off the path a bit so it's mm-hmm. always good to keep an eye out for each other and keep each other strong and motivated that's a great point and you know hey, when you go on a tangent on the tangent show we kind of allow it <laughs> yeah and, and i'm gonna pull this off on a little bit more of a tangent if you don't mind fellas because uh, i've got a question for Corey in respect to exactly what you just said and i'm curious as to how i can do it better and by i i mean maybe all of us i don't know but certainly i'll speak for myself how I'd like to do it better is to your comment, man, I, I don't, t- I don't reach out nearly enough to, to get in contact with people on sort of like a cold call basis and say, Hey bro, how you doing? I haven't spoken to you in years or whatever. I mean, I'm just, I just don't do that. Well, maybe I don't do it enough is what I'll say. And it's because I find myself, it's not that I'm so busy. I'm not making that point. I'm just saying I'm busy enough that all the incoming contact that I get, the DMs and whatever, I that keeps me busy as it is. And and all of the people who are contacting me are all people who I can pour myself into. And it's useful for them and for me and for everyone. Everyone wins when I'm focusing on the people who are connecting with me. But I'm not connecting out there as much as maybe I should be in a sense of a cold call sort of scenario. And so... I'm curious as to what you guys think on how to better balance that. Well, I think one thing I'll just throw in what I've been hearing from others is that uh, you may not be aware of your actions and how they impact others. But for you directly, Sean, what I've been hearing about those live videos you've been doing and the feedback we've been receiving from our team and the things that you've been saying about others and the positivity the way that you've been doing it has been really great for the community. And I wish wish we could do more of that, but it's really awesome because uh, not everyone has the time to reach out to everyone. But when you do those things, you're reaching more than just one person directly and indirectly. So I think that's really cool. And sure. it'd be nice to see more of us do that. I'll challenge myself because I'm not comfortable in front of the camera i think i am now like when we're in a group environment but individually that's really uh cool and i was able to catch a tail end of one of your last uh live videos and i I think that's we do what we can where we can right and it's let our actions speak for themselves and i was talking to someone the other day about uh charities we support for mental health and why we don't uh, advertise it as much. I guess it's kind of more inherent that uh, through our social license of what we do, people know, but uh, we don't like to advertise it as heavily as we do because it just kind of felt mm-hmm. like uh, like a tax that you pay to like showcase what you're about, mm-hmm. but it should be inherent. And then we, we do directly when people ask, tell them that the amounts and where they go, but uh, like your actions, what you're doing to help the community People know just by who you are, your intent and and your approachability, which I think is really unique because a lot of people without what you've been doing would seem to think that you're very unapproachable and it's quite the opposite. In fact, it's awesome having you as a mentor and also a leader out there in the community. And I'd say same for yourself, Chance and uh, Big Bird. And uh, John, I don't know you too well, but I'm sure you're in good good company here so there's probably a reason you're here you're doing the same thing at where you are well oh. thank you for that, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that 
I yeah, appreciate that, it. Way to make everyone feel super yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> way to make me feel. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. But no, you know what? You're probably gaffinated. So maybe you're, that's you're, yeah, well done. <laughs> you're absolutely right, though, um, in that the things that were really, I think, missing in the community or that we had been missing in the community was connection. We were all trying to do our own thing to kind of build and like, hey, we can do these things like, uh, uh, you know, I want to do the walk and we got the uh, we got Bushwook and we got Arrowhead and we got the Pegasus Jump and we're all kind of doing our own things. And the one thing that we hadn't been doing was connecting, was actually connecting with each other. And we, you know, we we work together and we've uh, collaborate collaborated on stuff and all kinds of things. But what we're doing now, I think, is it's the next step we're actually connecting with each other and being there for each other. And as you said, you know, you never know what uh, impact you have on others. By yeah, a simple it, is the, phone call. it is the next step, but you know, uh, a step that uh, happens before all of that, back to the subject at hand, which is doubt, I believe. <laughs> yep. We're gonna um, get into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I doubted myself. I doubted that I had anything to say. I doubted all of it. I was in mega doubt mode. And how did I pull myself out of the doubt that I should even step in front of a microphone? Because absolutely everyone knows that I didn't want to. The doubt was removed by the people around me who just kept on saying, but you gotta. And, and the doubt over a period of time was eroded just simply through the volume of people that were saying, stop doubting yourself. But it wasn't just the volume. It was critical, at least to me, that there was some choice people in there that I had some history with or that I had immense respect for. It was their voices that helped push me over the edge of, of throwing that doubt out of the window and executing against this task. So I was filled with all kinds of doubt until the volume and choice people within that volume moved me over into uh, executing yeah that's good yeah the uh the the topic is doubt for sure <laughs> that was the original topic and we've we've hit a few tangents along the way but the um that it's that's a great great segue into this in that we all doubt ourselves anyway right like the i doubted myself when i started the podcast i doubted myself when i uh got the walk for veterans going. I doubted myself when I did all the, when I first decided I wanted to join the army, but there was a point where I was just like, the doubt was gone. And one of the, the, the quote I have on the bottom here is something that we got taught in, uh, when we were doing mind warfare training was that <clears throat> when there's doubt, there is no doubt. And what that meant was when you're walking into, if you even think you're in a minefield, you are. And you have to you have to treat it as such. And uh, I've likened this now into my my daily life is that if I'm if I'm doubtful of something, then I should I should address it, right? If I if I need to um, if I doubt my capability on the mats, well then I need to go test that because if there's doubt, that means there uh, my capabilities are lacking, or my skill set is lacking, or if I'm doubtful of uh, of a podcast or an episode or an interview or whatever that I'm going to do. Well, that means I need to engage it and I need to sort out whatever it is that's causing the doubt. And once the doubt's gone, all steam's ahead. 
Any uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I there's never been a point in my life where I haven't had doubt. Mm. But I'll I'll pass the mic over to someone else. <laughs> John or Corey, any thoughts on doubt? No, I think you nailed it. And um, over the last few years, I've probably had chronic doubt, and which became like paralytic fear and anxiety. It was, uh, I know Chance, you've probably followed my stuff more than, or probably, yeah, more than anyone here or, or listening. And um, it's funny because from my past, um, you wouldn't know that I had an ounce of doubt in me because everything was just high performance, high achieving, success, success, success. And then uh, I had like a relationship bust up. I had, I lost a lot of money through business. I had, it just all sort of went wrong. And I, um, I really started to doubt myself. Uh, it was like, yeah, it was like, I just got blindsided by life and <clears throat> I lived alone in this big ass house and had no connection, no one to talk to and went around in circles in my head. And the doubt built up to such a point where I was just scared to post on social media. Mm. Like that's how chronically bad it got. And um, I even sought help through mentors, coaches, and it's like nobody, no matter what anyone said, could shift this paralytic fear I had to, to even do a social media post. And Chance, what you said about, like, really, you have to face that fear because people would, would say, you know, you can do it. But inside, it, I was just paralyzed. Um, and it was really, I had to come to terms with some of my deepest fears, the things I, that were just like running out of money was a serious thing I, I was petrified of. And um, it had to happen. It had to happen for me to realize that, oh, that was just all an illusion. Uh, and once I had faced those fears and met them, then it was like liberation, liberation from it. So I just wanted to highlight that actually experiencing your fears. And, and like you said, Chance, it's if I'm doubting something, if I've got fear around something, my abilities are compromised and to actually it's like you can you can build fake courage for a moment but you can't sustain that sort of fake courage you if you really want to get to that point of doubt not even really being there for a specific context of life or a specific thing you're trying to do mm -hmm. i really believe that you have to sit with that doubt and fear and and, and face it and then it it sort of dissolves and then you're free to do that thing so for you like the podcast you probably don't have a shadow of doubt now you can just hop on and do it you know those things have dissolved those fears have dissolved those doubts have dissolved and now your level your capabilities have increased because you have faced things head on yeah absolutely any uh anybody else any thoughts on yeah uh on doubt um i think when uh, john was discussing those doubts and I feel that it was also aligned with a, some of that imposter syndrome as well, mm. uh, which I think we just recently talked about imposter syndrome. A few days ago, yeah. And uh, I believe, I, I don't want to make any grand claims, but I feel reasonably confident saying that I'm in the top four of this current discussion <laughs> of having the highest level of imposter syndrome here. So I'm top four, definitely. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm number one, maybe but I'm even certainly the, the top four. 
definitely the top four yeah for sure and so uh imposter syndrome is a thing that i've faced all my life and um you know it's it's figuring figuring that out and then using it as a tool is pretty important if you want to keep being the best version of yourself but uh, to your point on the doubt versus no doubt you know <laughs> i did a live chat today on my instagram page and before i did it this morning i looked at my wife and i said uh man, I'm going live in like two minutes and I've got zero topics in mind. And we spoke for about 30 seconds and I said, well, you know what? Now I've got 90 seconds with nothing in mind. And she said, well, what are you going to do? I said, what I do every single day, I'm going to go over, hit record and talk. And I have zero idea what I'm going to talk about. See you later. And that's what I just did this morning. No idea what I'm going to do, but I commit Every single time I'm a split second away from hitting that go live button. And I have no idea what's about to happen, but I commit even if I doubt what's going to happen. Even if I don't believe in myself, I'm still going to commit. And here's why I commit. I commit for myself to some degree because I know that that's the right thing to do. I know that's what creates growth, mm -hmm. but I commit for the team because I know that there's people actually tuning in. And, and I know that people actually, you know, pay attention or care or listen or, or are engaged or whatever. Now my, now my responsibility isn't to myself to, to commit through that doubt. My responsibility is to people who are actually paying attention. So if I can't do it for me, I got to do it for the people who are around me. And I find that that is a pretty helpful tool to bust through the doubt of the moment. Mm. Yeah, I really think when you <clears throat> when you make it not about yourself, that changes a lot. As mm -hmm. soon as you're like a vessel for service or to give, a lot of the a lot of that doubt and fear really does disappear. Um, I know from speaking at a lot of events around the country and you know multiple countries, a lot of the doubt and fear does come from what are people going to think of me? And as soon as you can you can negate that by going, you know, what, what have I got to give to these, these people essentially? So, yeah, I totally understand that for sure. You know, I think there is another, I'd like to add this cause it's a weird coincidence. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning because hopefully anyone who's listening to this will realize the importance of the feedback loop, which is a great way to crush doubt by the way. And so the feedback loop happened this morning. So I roast coffee a little bit. Uh, I'm not a big deal, but I roast some coffee. Just and a, a guy dropped by. Yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, a guy dropped by our house this morning, like less than an hour ago. I just finished my live podcast on my Instagram page, and I was waiting for this one to pop up. So he slides in between the two podcasts and uh, knocks on the door. I was expecting him. I had uh, some coffee roasted for him. And as I open the door, he hands me a magazine. And it's a magazine. He lives out on the left coast down in Vancouver area. And it's a magazine that he just randomly picked up and he was randomly flicking through it. And he got to an article and it was about Sachin, about Satch, a friend of mm -hmm. ours. And uh, Sachin is planning on running across Canada in 2025. And, you know, just over a year ago, I didn't know who Satch was. And Satch um, was following me on, on social media. And I got stuck uh, overnight in Vancouver for the night after flying back out of Haiti with the uh, Sablevois. And so I just put out on social media, hey, going to be uh, stuck overnight, going to go for a coffee if anyone wants to join. 
he uh, busted downtown, joined me. We hung out for three hours, never met the dude, didn't even know how to spell his name. But by the end of it, we kind of become friends. And so after that, he was in pretty regular contact with me every second, every third day, whatever the case is, doing video calls. And, and he had some issues at the time. He was struggling with some mental health. And I kind of not guided him or mentored him. I just I was just trying to be helpful. And over a period of time, he he started doing better and better. And now he's doing awesome. And so rah, rah, sis, boom, ba. Now, to my point, the guy who was at my house today hands me the magazine and he says, is this you? And he opens the page and points to a section where Satch says, um, you know, I, I met some random 59-year-old uh, Caucasian male who, you know, I didn't know. And, and this guy saved my life for the following reasons. And he goes on to describe in a magazine article how me helped save his life, which is super weird to me. That's not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to be helpful. I wasn't expecting it to be in a magazine. I wasn't expected to be handed it this morning. And so as I saw that, a random coincidence from a guy who just came to get coffee from me, he's now impacted by it. Never mind Satch. And everyone who read that article, if they know me, they're impacted by it. And here's how. The positive feedback loop. Mm -hmm. If anyone knows what I'm doing and they see those kind of outcomes and they're... Anyone who knows me, I'm nothing special. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. And so it doesn't have to get into a magazine article to be recognized that you can do good things. But being in the magazine article should demonstrate to everyone what a positive feedback loop can do. And so I'll, I'd just say this. If you're doubting that you've got anything to, to, to add to society to be helpful, if you're doubting how you can positively influence all those around you. Don't doubt it. I mean, I just got handed a freaking magazine article that is in black and white print. Dude, you're helping people. That's not what I want. I don't want it in a magazine article, but I do want people to understand that your actions have ripple on effects that you won't even understand if you don't see the magazine article. So just do your best good things happen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's very true. And the, uh, as you, as you guys are saying, the, one of the best ways to help if you're in a bit of a rough spot is to help someone else. Right. I, I find when I'm really down, if I'm in a, you know, deep depressive episode or I let social media get to me or whatever, one of the first things I do is I look to help somebody else because even if it's something little, if I can help them achieve something, if I can help them, uh, even with my boys, that's usually who are the first people I go to and I'll see if they're having troubles with something. And if I can help them get over a piece of homework or anything, it's a little like, okay, it's not so bad. I've, I've moved the pin forward just a little bit. And then I start aiming for more and then I start aiming for more. And I find that the more I, uh, the more I'm looking to help other people, my suffering lessons at least anybody uh feel the same way similar i'd just like to reframe the language just for a okay. second then i'm gonna definitely move the mic off to the side so i'll stop talking <laughs> so you said that whenever social media gets to you a little bit mm -hmm. i'd like to reframe that because here's how i think social media doesn't get to me mm -hmm. i get to it 
Indeed. And so it ain't going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change it. It ain't going to change me. That's mm -hmm. how I like to kind of frame it. I'm just throwing that out. And now I will sum up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious. I have a question yeah. for you guys, for anyone, all of you. Um, obviously when we help others, it, it does feel, it feels good to, to do that. And like you said, it moves the needle a bit. <clears throat> and then I've seen some people that all they do is help others, but they don't help themselves. Mm. So where, how do you see the dichotomy there between, oh, you know, the more I help others, the better I feel. And the more I help others, the more I actually avoid my own things that I should probably be facing and, and handling. That is a great question. Corey, you want to jump in on this one right off the bat and then I'll follow in? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just basically summarize the key points that we've had here in terms of doubt and where we are, the whole imposter syndrome discussion. There are a few key points for those listening and for all of us to really take home that were that are kind of discussed by all of us. But one of those key things is commit, uh, you know, right when your breachers are at the door and they're ready to hit that execute command or uh, whatever the command is that you say, whether it be breach, 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 or execute, execute, execute. Execution is key. And that overcomes the thoughts of doubt, the imposter syndromes, and knowing where you're at is in that feedback loop when you're assessing that that gives you that feedback of if there's a need to adjust left or right, it gives you your arcs. I think that's the best way to know where you're at and, and deal with things and, and that helping of others, the thought of that being therapeutic, that, that goes down to our basic notion of really probably how we were wired before we joined, but certainly as soldiers, isn't that really what it's all about? You're helping your team. You yeah. got to help yourself to help mm -hmm. your team. And the more prepared you are, you uh, you're able to respond to it and, as Sean has said, getting after it avoids it getting after you. So that's really how you engage with and avoid those uh, issues and concerns. Yeah, we uh, we did a show on CQB a little while ago, Sean and I, and we, we had this talk too, was that in order to help the team, you have to be a better person. Like you have to help yourself get to a point that uh, you are an asset to the team. Now, it, how I apply that to your question, John, was the fact that uh, I will I will help up until a point that it costs me um, the. I'm trying to think of the. Uh, I have like four analogies running around in my head at the same time right now. So just choose <laughs> one. I'm gonna pick one. Um, you know, you have the uh, you have your cup. Right. And the, you can only fill your cup to a certain point before it overflows and then you're, uh, you, you lose strength. So what I do is I will, I help people in order to fill my cup to a degree. But the key that I, I, I don't utilize is when my helping people, my trying to fill up my cup by helping people is me drinking the cup. <laughs> Right, like I'm, I'm using my, I'm using all of my, uh, 
all of my energy in order to move someone else. I'm pushing someone else forward. That's it versus nudging them. Right. I can, I can only, when I, when I talk about helping other people, I can only ever show someone the door, right? I can only tell them what's worked for me, what's worked for other people. I can't make you do something that I want you to do. I can't physically make you do that. Um, and so that's where that line gets drawn for me is where <clears throat> if I have to physically move you or, you know, I have to use more energy to get you to do something, to get you to uh, want change more than you already do, then I'm just, I'm, I'm burning energy. I'm just using, I'm drinking from the cup. I'm not actually helping anything. And sometimes that is where you have to step away. And uh, there's been dudes that I've, you know, I've been trying to help and they continually do the same negative feedback, negative feedback loop, negative feedback loop, and they will spiral themselves back to the exact same spot we were, you know, three, four days ago, two weeks ago, two months ago, whatever. Um, and they come to me as a, as a, like a gas station, like they go to fill their cup up from mine rather than trying to find ways to fill their own cup. If that makes sense, it's a bit roundabout, but that's how I go. <laughs> did I, did I make use everything more or did it would, uh, <laughs> it was a good mix of analogies. Altogether. Good mix of analogies. Yeah, stations, cups, yeah. Leading we, got, horses to water. we got a whole thing. Now we got gas stations where this is why it's the tangent show. We just kind of like, well, well done. Burroughs. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to pick one and I picked them all. What can you do? Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it is a hard line and there, there is a point where you will overdo it and you will, um, you'll go too far. Um, to help others and you will just give of yourself consistently rather than gaining anything from it. Well, I will say this, that uh, what He's we're got, doing right now, back. I do. Sorry. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be brief though. Uh, one thing that I do like about what we're doing this real time moment in uh, the collective, these live chats is, um, okay. So I committed to doing a live chat every day over on my Instagram page as as without fail if i can and then live chats here every day so you know what are we at now i'm at 58 live chats uh in january so far and what i've found is and i've never done this before i mean what the heck who in their right mind would do that but because i'm now 58 into it here's what i've learned is yeah i had to commit that's for sure uh but uh I found it to be helpful for people and I'm, I'm gaining not pride, but satisfaction in being helpful, of course, but in so doing, I'm actually observing myself improve in the process, like, because it's been so dense or rich in its path over just a single month, I can see the Delta between when I first started and where I'm at right now. I, I can see improvements. And so by committing every single day, that consistency is just, it, it's really been visible to me, not only how helpful it's been to me, but to some extent, how helpful it's been to others. I can see it gaining steam. I can see it building within me and within others. And so I think it's important that if you want to face some doubt, think about how to face doubt, not just on a uh, a staccato basis or on a irregular basis where you do it one day a week and then maybe think about doing it three or four weeks later where you're going to try to crush out some doubt. 
commit every single day for a month on something, anything that you've got doubts about, face the doubt every single day and look at yourself a month later and see what you've learned. You'll learn things for sure. That's a great point. And being in a learning mindset, that that's, that's key. Like wanting to learn, wanting to be better at it every single day is, uh, it's, it, you, you will learn very quickly about stuff about yourself. You may not like what you learn, but that's good because then you, once you learn it, now you can address it. And that's, you know, going back to what the, uh, the concept, when there's doubt, there is no doubt. I was saying earlier is the fact that you have to see, you have to actually know what the problem is to fix it. And if you can get it physically out there, or in my case, when, you know, when I have a doubt about something and I just go, okay, well now that's what I'm going to focus on <laughs> and I will focus on it until I either overcome it, um, or I figure out the steps I need to take in order to overcome it from there. So I, I yeah. So John, uh, question for you on uh, doubt. Uh, what what was the big uh, light bulb that went off over your head that said, uh, "Wow, I've got to change my program"? And I'm not talking about a maybe a physical action or whatever. Was was there a thought process that went through your head as like, "Oh no, I've just been doing it so wrong" or whatever the case is? Yeah, I did a video on this the other day. Actually, it was there were these like I said before, there were these two, there was this fear of running out of money. And then, so I've, I've, I did really well when I left the military uh, financially and just in all areas of life. And I built this uh, brand around, you know, John Templeton as, as a coach. And then over the last few years with the whole COVID thing, it, it kind of got eroded um and i was still trying to maintain this brand but it's like if people could really see how i was feeling then um then the brand wouldn't be so strong and so there was a oh, gap right. between people's perceptions of me and how i was mm. feeling and that gap was i was yeah i was riddled with these these fears and doubts of of you would call it imposter syndrome or you know what if people found out and so i was sort of unaware of that I, I i knew something wasn't right because i was paralyzed with fear however i didn't quite know what and it wasn't until it all started to like crumble down on me that i really realized that and you say like the light bulb moment it was the realization that i was so scared of one running out of money two following my spiritual path because i feared the judgments of other people like would they still regard me as this level of, of coach i had all my worthiness tied up in this uh brand i had built and so the big realization was when it did all crumble down and i let it i got to a point where i was like fighting this is stupid i need to let this crumble so i can build from a solid foundation the realization was um like really even without money without the brand is like i'm still a worthy human being worthy of of success worthy of love worthy and so i didn't need anything externally anymore to you know make me good enough or make me worthy right. so mm -hmm. that was the realization was like ah oh, you know i um it made me happy in my own skin again as opposed to reliance on this brand that i had built so i don't know if that clearly answered it but i feel like it makes some sense well i've got a follow-on question for you um 
so through that process, while you were coming to these determinations or realizations, uh, we'll call them, uh, w was there a point in there where let's, I'll just call them buddies, close friends or acquaintances or whatever was, were there points throughout that process, however long it took where someone was jumping up into your DMS and saying, Hey bro, are you good to go? Or Hey bro, do you need some help? Or Hey bro, dot, dot, dot. Uh, my, you know, my close friends who I weren't in the DMs necessarily, but I would hang around with them. They all knew I wasn't, but they, they didn't have the skill set to, right. you know, they, they were supportive, mm. sure, but sure. no one had the skill set to really analyze, pick apart and get to the root of what was going on. There was a lot of band-aid effect. Hey, you know, right. come over, hang out. And that was brilliant, but inside i still felt crooked i still right felt it's still not right to the core yet busted. Yeah. yeah and so i say to them like fucking i love you guys um are we allowed to swear on here no no <laughs> so we'll jump into the uh we'll jump into the time machine and and yeah <laughs> i was like i love you guys um however like this is this is a journey i have to sort of go on myself to really get to the core of what's happening here and the only way that was going to happen was if it all sort of broke down because I, I i spent when i say these numbers you guys will be mind-blowing i spent over a hundred thousand dollars on seeking um advice from coaches mentors healers i traveled to different countries to to try and find out what was going on because i just didn't feel right for for years and i was depressive and suicidal for like the last three years that was the strongest but for seven years things weren't right i completely lost myself mm. my direction in life my health was bad i was a i was a wreck um so people were supportive they just didn't have the tools or the know-how to um to actually get to the root and work through these chronic fears that i had yeah well, I've got an observation and then I've got a follow-on question again. And so my observation would be, uh, yeah, I get it because I did the same thing for several years around the world. All the shamans, the healers, the this, the that, the whatevers. Yeah, I, I chased all of that stuff. And uh, and so now on to my follow-on question. The at, at some point as you were struggling and you were kind of looking around and your buddies were kind of saying, Hey, come on over. We'll, you know, let's crack a beer. Let's do that thing. And those are all good things. You're right. But at some point when you started to feel that feel and you went looking all around and, and trying to solve it, uh, was there a moment where you just sat still and thought, okay, this is what it is. And this is what I'm going to do hardcore. Or did you, did you think, oh, maybe it's something I'm not quite sure and I'm going to take some time to explore it? I don't know if I fully understand the question. Um, what do you mean the difference between the I'm just going to explore it and hardcore, this is what it is? Can you give me an example? Yeah, sure, I can. And thanks for clarifying that. I guess what I'm saying is at some point, were you clear enough in what was going on within you to just like crush it or were you, was it an evolutionary process where you just felt a little off and over time you felt a little bit more off and over time you felt more often. And so over a, maybe a lengthy period of time, you started to 
see there's just not something right and i gotta go figure that out Mm. so the whole episode was seven years let's say for five of those years just nothing would work in life so i went from you know guinness Mm. world record holder uh very high performing athlete uh financially successful in real estate everything just started to go like no health issues everything just started to go wrong and it was like my money was going down and i was like i'm not doing anything different and um i would have health things come up and just little things would go wrong and i was like why is life not working for me anymore all right okay Mm -hmm. and so i had i had some symptoms but again no awareness to why so that went on for five years and i from the military it's like give me a challenge i'll dominate it well that wasn't working anymore that strategy was not working because any challenge i i would i would work you know 24 hours a day sometimes on projects and things and they would just bomb out and so i was like okay there's fundamentally i'm doing something wrong because it happened on repeat it wasn't like okay i'm just being unlucky there was something fundamentally wrong Check. Mm-hmm. and and then the last three years was when i started when i admitted there was something wrong and i was like i don't have the answer that's when it got horrible because at the moment i admitted it was wrong i had to fa- start facing truths which i had been pushing aside and it was like okay you gotta you gotta look deeper now at, at what's going on i had to start admitting to myself um where i was lying to myself i had to admit okay i dig it you know all of these things and th- even through that process there was i was like a split personality there was half of me which was like (laughs) the the, you know the david goggins the military which is like i'm gonna beat this thing and then there was the other half of me that was just like just let go surrender and 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 allow and so i was caught in this fight yes serenity now (laughs) yeah it was you know eventually i i did have the realization so there was a point where i was like that's that's the thing um you know even even talking publicly on social media about experiencing depression and suicide is something i never would have thought i would ever experience in my life but even that was liberating the moment i was like this is an experience that i've had and that was like weight off the shoulders and and then you know, the realizations of, wow, I'm just petrified of what people will think of me. Like underlying all of this is a, is this fear that I won't be accepted for who I am. So therefore I have to put on this mask. That was the realization that changed everything. Mm. So when you say, was there a point that was the point. So then seven years ago, if you could go back and give yourself advice, a simple sentence, a single sentence, what advice would you give to yourself seven years ago? That's a great question. Mm. You know, I don't like playing with the idea of changing the past because no, no. I really feel it it gets us there. So I would, you know, I would say buckle up. It's going to be a wild, painful, devastating ride, but it's going to also lead you to your your greatest self and your greatest dreams. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Great line. And <laughs> Sean, you stole my question. I use that in the podcast all the time. And you stole it. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You'll come um, up with some other thunder. I, I, I'm sure I'll come up with something for sure. The uh, that's it's a great point because I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. Was the fact that 
when you start to really work the mental health journey or you start to really accept some of the issues that you're going to be going through depression and uh, anxiety, especially when you go down that hole towards suicidal ideation and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, when you actually are going to start doing the work, you, it's going to be a downhill slide at first and it's going to, everything's going to get worse. <laughs> and it's going to suck and you, you got it, but you got to get through it and it is always worth it on the other side but it is, it's a slog for a little while. You got to find all, as you said, admit the lies that you were telling yourself, find the things that you've been hiding in the closet. You got to take the skeletons out of there too. And you got to face up to them, look at them and go, okay, now what? Well, now I yeah, need to you do. But, but for anyone who's listening to this right now, yeah, it'll be hard, but you get to choose the velocity. That's it. So, you know, it'll be hard, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be the freak show. It just means that you get to decide how freaky it is. Yeah. And if if you're just ready for a little bit of freakiness as you start to not head down, but as you start to head up towards improvement by working through the stuff that you've got to work through, you choose the velocity. It doesn't have to be uh, scary every day. Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so we're just about at an hour here. Does anybody got any final thoughts on doubt on you know uh what were we talking about at the beginning there uh social interaction how those things two two things collide how those things work together any thoughts anybody before we shut her down Corey, you've been quiet for a little while you want to jump in here yeah i don't like that <laughs> just listening to the uh discussion so i think uh overall you know excellent points made by everyone and when he threw out that 100K on chasing the the mission to feel right, it doesn't sound like a lot to me at all. I think, you know, when you're in a, a mission, it's whatever you have at your resources to, to get there. So I guess regarding happiness and the discussion on that, as we well know, often we'll forget, I think, as derived from our experience, it's one of the greatest investments is the time that we put into our health and the connections with those we love. So thinking of things uh, in a financial number, ascribing to that really isn't, uh, for those listening, I think something that you should be focusing on. Look at what it is that you're doing for yourself to, to make yourself well, healthy, and a healthy mind, healthy body, that connection is based on the consistency of those right actions and the fear, overcoming that fear that Chance had stated about doing the, the heavy lifting in, in therapy, or whatever actions are required to overcome what you're dealing with. It certainly can be a lot lighter in a community group and, and having that, uh, you know, we're always people that can be reached out to but having those people that you feel comfortable with, with sharing the things you're going through, I think overall the intent of this uh, discussion on doubt is to have that call to action where those that are listening feel if they're in doubt about reaching out to others that we encourage you to do that and not worry about uh, the imposter syndrome or, or that doubt taking the right actions that you need to do and We'll tie in a little plug there for Op Pegasus Jump. I know we're filling up for the first roto, 
that is a fearful thing jumping out of a perfectly good airplane but that mm-hmm. camaraderie getting out back to that first question we had about if it's possible to mature without that social interaction in person and, and getting out to those that you've seen and discussed with online there's no substitute in person and it really does accelerate that journey and path to wellness and recovery and i certainly hope to be out there this year i was just talking to some of the organizers it was a great opportunity to be there and to get to meet both mentors and heroes that i had online mm-hmm. but uh if there's those that are concerned about the cost just reach out to me and we can and others we can work on the finance side of things if it's a fear of getting there and being forced to jump out of a plane that's also something that's not a requirement but it's certainly encouraged and the point of, of being able to get through on your path to recovery is letting go of the crutch of that uh, strut of the wing in the plane but i think it's it's really fundamental if for those that are on the fence to just pull the trigger and get out there i know the spots are booking up quick yeah. and uh, certainly there's more to it than just the concept of understanding how to let go from an airplane but from a philosophical perspective there's a lot of depth in that that one action right there so just reaching out for those that are still on the fence feel free to connect with any of us and we're all happy to chat anytime and i really think this is an excellent uh initiative this collective really great kudos to you chance and sean for getting out there getting at it executing and uh committing to that live video and john will be uh, in discussion in the future i'll be checking out some of your your social media that's all i have to say <laughs> no pressure i'm gonna i'm gonna be looking at you <laughs> you'll be checked out uh sean any, any final points before we shut her down no, I feel like I kind of hogged the mic on this one a little bit. I really should have stepped aside some more. So uh, I would like to offer Corey and John, uh, you know, not the opportunity, that sounds dumb, the possibility of joining as again in a future chat where I'd like to dig more into uh, this subject, doubt, and anything else that comes uh, up for that matter. Um, I- I'm here to get the wisdom, not to hand it out. And I know that uh, John and Corey have a lot. So please consider uh, joining us another time in the n- very near future. Thanks, fellas. John, any final thoughts before we, we shut her down? Uh, thank you. Thank you both for having me here today. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to uh, fit in with the Canadians or, or have anything to offer. So I just hope that for anyone listening that it has been valuable. Yeah. I, well, we really appreciate you being on here, especially at uh, oh, dark 30, first thing in the morning. We really do appreciate it from the future, even like mm-hmm. awesome. Good having the a time. Best. Yeah. And um, if uh, if you don't know, and John, you may not know what Operation Pegasus Jump is. It is a, uh, a friend of ours putting together a whole bunch of vets and first responders and bringing us all out to Vancouver Island. And we're going to go leaping out of planes. And uh, the whole point, facing your fears and, you know, getting back together with some people and hanging out and you get to earn wings. Some of us jump out of the plane and some of us try to jump back into the plane. Yeah, that's where I got the name Big Bird. I tried to fly back into the plane. It uh, it didn't work. But you know what? I landed on the ground. So that was the important part. (laughs) I was able to make that. Um, But yeah, uh, it's unbelievable time. And, you know, if you're available in is it june or is it july you guys remember july 
this summer this summer sometime yeah if you want to make the trip up to canada man you can come jump out of a plane with us we'd love to have you be good all right let's let's talk more all right that's good um we got uh uh yeah great stuff coming up again john thank you for coming for being on here first thing in the morning Corey, really appreciate you joining us i know i've been bugging you and prodding you for the last little while because he's been working through the week but uh, just send me the link i'll be there okay anytime uh good to go on that then thanks fellas yeah really appreciate it um i hope you guys have all been able to learn and so we can build and that we can grow together on the collective chimo y'all we'll see you tomorrow chimo